Welcome home to a life without limits, where you honor your alignment, nourish your soul, and awaken your inner goddess. Some days we fly, some, well, we've got you, sister. Abundance is your birthright. This is your remembrance. Hot Mess Goddess, juicy conversations for a luscious life. It's such a joy to welcome my beautiful friend Bron Lee on the episode today. She's a self-empowerment coach, a trauma therapist, polarity therapist, and shamana. And she's also the founder of Star Collective, which is a brand new modality that was downloaded through her. And from what I can tell already, it's just super exciting to see the groundbreaking work that she's doing with this. So without further ado, my beautiful friend Bron, who inspires me so much. Welcome to the Hot Mess Goddess podcast, Bron. My whole face is lit up because I can't stop smiling. It's just, oh, I've wanted to have you on for so long. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, I'm feeling all tingly being here. It's it's certainly a pleasure and I'm looking forward to, yes, what comes of it. As always, we have a little chat beforehand and I think your words were, I have no idea what the fuck is going to come out of my mouth. And that's just so perfect. So perfectly aligned with what we do. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I'm never quite sure. And it's always a surprise to me as much as I think to the person in front of me. We were talking and there was something that was on your heart that you really wanted to share today. So we may as well just get straight into it. Let's get stuck in. All right. Yeah. Well, I guess my work is as a complex trauma specialist. And I now also consider what I do as kind of a consciousness activation and ascension coach, I guess you would call it. So I've essentially created a new modality and a new community that sits around that. And what that is looking at now, because the work that I once did was really focused on predominantly the resolution of trauma. So people would come to me, they would be stuck in a state of fight, flight, freeze. That would be manifesting as things like anxiety, depression, stress, addictions, OCD. Sometimes they would have other diagnosis of mental illness, postnatal depression, all sorts of stuff. And just really shitty patterns of lived experience that kept replaying over and over in their life all sorts of things, relationships that were just so dysfunctional or codependencies or just whatever it was, you name it. It was just not something they wanted to be stuck in. And what underlies all of it is really being in that state of fear. So I was very focused on doing this work and I had this wonderful modality that I worked with that stepped people through that trauma and empowered them over the fear. But what I recognized was it was sort of like, my job's done now. You're all fixed. Your trauma's gone. See you later. Like, have a great life. Um, Not quite that insensitive. Like, admittedly, a lot of my clients keep in touch with me. But it was kind of like, that's all is necessary, right? Once we're out of that state of fear. But what I realized was missing was that people kind of didn't know what to do with this new state of, it was almost like a new state of consciousness and awareness, Exactly. They're at a whole new vibration that you've just taken them to and then gone, you're done. Yeah. It's like, we've gone that, we've done that quantum leap now into your new identity and I'll catch you later. And so I realized there was another step that was necessary. So I started to work on what I guess I've been driven to work on for the last 25 years in reality, which is a modality unto itself. And I call it a storyteller alchemy rapid recoding or STAR for short, so S-T-A-R-R, which, you know, I love because, as you know, I also write. That's how I create. So part of this modality was writing and creating the scripts. But, you know, I also love the fact that there are so many plays on words you can do with STAR. Yeah. How it came about was purely unintentional. I had some stuff happen in the other community that I was a part of and the modality I practiced, and I ended up stepping away. And then I had a past client ask me about energy work. Do you know of any good courses I can do? And I looked around and I went, you know what, I'll just create something. And I thought I was creating sort of a 10-day, here's some hands-on energy healing, which is what I used to do uh, many years ago. And uh, I ended up writing STAR 
and that process happened probably over the first six months of this year and now training practitioners to yeah to to practice it with this with clients all over the world so oh i love that so much how all the best things come from when you know you're not trying too hard they just come at the perfect time in your life and that's what i love about the higher consciousness and the super conscious which is what we work with with stars so you know we were talking about before the fear right and the fear keeps people in a state of ego self-conscious so they kind of get stuck in their human when we come onto this planet we're born as this divine super conscious being right we're born as a star you know you look at a baby and you're like oh my gosh you know they're just they're so perfect even like those babies that are like mushed up people still are like that baby is so beautiful right there's just something about a baby and it is because they are born as this sacred divine being they don't they haven't had all of the other stuff all of the shit the programming i call it persona personality programming transposed over the top of this perfect being that they are this pure being of creative energy So, you know, babies create in abundance. They create everything they need. You know, they don't go out and get a job to be clothed and fed. It just happens for them. Yeah. Yeah. They're in that state. And then the programming comes along and the fear comes along and we end up stuck in the human. We end up conditioned out of the super conscious, divine, creative being that we are and disconnect from that because we buy into this illusion the fear conditions us to believe the illusion is real so we end up stuck in our human self and cut off from our spiritual creative self and this is where the depression the anxiety the all of it comes in because we've just we've got this part of us that's crying out for attention yeah totally and you were also talking before we pressed record that we, we were joking about Mars in retrograde and how like you wanted to give a different perspective on on that for everyone as well because we all go into fuck Mars is in retrograde, meltdown, like all this chaos and it just stirs up so much shit and we buy into those beliefs as well sometimes. So, yeah, talk us through it. Yeah, look, absolutely. I think one of the things that's come through really clearly for me about this energy at this time is that we look at Mars and Aries, the energy that is sitting alongside of it, and we think of war and conflict and battle and further division, and we're seeing a lot of that at the moment. Obviously, 2020 has really amplified a lot of the fear that we're sitting in, a lot of the division that we've been sitting in, we've been sitting in a, a paradigm, a construct of reality for so long that has been embedded in stories of trauma. And uh, we continue to play out those stories time and time again, generation after generation, it just hasn't been healed. And so when these energies come along, people tend to think, oh my God, it's all going to implode. You know, the world's ending. There's so much conflict already. And this is more energy of conflict. But First of all, what I'm hearing about this and everything that I'm sort of receiving about this is that this is actually, it's retrograde, right? So it's kind of like the opposite of what you would expect. So this is now a time of recognizing that, yes, this has been what we've been living in, this disconnect, this dysfunction, this conflict, the division between everyone, and see that now we have an opportunity to heal that wound. This is what we're being shown. Individually, people are doing this work. People are being driven to heal their past wounds. And collectively, we are being driven to heal our past wounds. So those wounds need to be highlighted. We need to be aware of them in order to know that we have to heal them, right? Otherwise, it's like so much, yeah. Tinkering under the hood of a car without, I didn't hear anything, but I'll check just in case or just ignoring what I'm hearing. You know, the engine <laughs> lights come on and I'm like, what? That was always me. <laughs> Don't know what that light is. I'm just going to keep on going. Well, it stops. So, you know, we've, we've been stopped. We've been forcibly stopped this year to pay attention and to become aware 
And so that's what I see this time as about. And now the culmination of that is this Mars retrograde energy, right? It's happening until November. So it's really leading us into 2021 now and beyond. And we're being asked to see this conflict from a different perspective. Um, I said, how you see this time depends on the lens that you see it through. You know, you're either seeing it through the lens of destruction, devastation, the fear, the anger, disappointment, the frustration, the grief, the guilt, the shame, all of the stuff that's coming up for people individually and collectively, or you see it through the perspective of this highlights the fact that we can create something else. It's like the tension that's necessary. And that is showing us that we have the potential to create now something different. We have the potential to create the unity, the harmony, the compassion, the kindness, the collaboration, Mm, the creative essence of who we are. So many people are feeling really stuck right now. As much as the world, part of the world stopped, there's a lot of parents at home with kids that haven't, (laughs) the world's gone into chaos for them. Absolutely. But so many people are feeling stuck and almost blocked from like, what am I supposed to be doing? Mm. There's so much of that energy. Oh, absolutely. And I was doing something earlier and I was saying, you know, meet yourself where you're at is always what I say to people. So as much as it's... And I always think this, right, there's sort of this whole sort of spiritual speak, right, where it's it's like, okay, for you to sit in your ivory spiritual as fuck tower telling me, you know, do this. And I will actually, you know, disclaimer, I have three children that I homeschool, have done since they were little, all on the autism spectrum, one type one diabetic. I am a mum as well, so I do get it. (laughs) And what I always apply in my own life is meet yourself where you're at, right? So even if you're setting an intention around this time to embody this Mars retrograde energy in the way we just spoke about, I'm going to use this energy. This is what I tell people, set an intention, but don't set an intention based on, I was saying it's like New Year's resolutions. You know, I'm a 50 pack a day smoker and then tomorrow I'm quitting cold (laughs) turkey, right? (laughs) Yeah. I don't think you've met yourself where you're at. <laughs> you're, not, you're not actually, you know, stopping and going, okay, why have I become a 50-pack-a-day smoker? What is it that is driving that addiction? We're not meeting ourselves where we're at. So you're just going to fall off the wagon and then you're going to feel like more of a failure. Then the human kicks up more. The self-conscious kicks up more. The unconscious thoughts and programming kicks up more all the stuff that we're taught to believe that's not true when we're kids about who we are and failure and not good enough and, you know, not capable, all that sort of thing. All of that kicks up and we set ourselves up for failure. And then sure enough, all of that's true. Of course it is. It's the story we've told. That's right, right? So to set ourselves up for success, the best thing you can do is to be kind to yourself and meet yourself where you're at. If you're a a 50-pack-a-day smoker, you're like, right, okay, the first thing I'm going to do is like give that part of me that feels like I need that a big hug and ask them what they need. That's the first thing I'm going to do before I even contemplate taking away her cigarettes. Mm, So much. Because there's a part of us that creates these addictions or whatever it might be, the state of anxiety. There's a part of us that sits in those states because it feels safe. They're trying to escape the fear, the wound, the pain, the beliefs, all that sort of thing. So we need to honour and acknowledge ourselves and meet ourselves where we're at. So, you know, when we're looking at this whole scenario of what's going on right now and how we feel and how we're coping and and where we want to be on the other side of it. One of the things I always say to people and people I work with, like just project. So there's a little trick I used to use. I used to be terrified of exams. I hated exams. I would be physically sick with exam phobia. (laughs) And so I would project forward. So I'd start to feel really sick and nauseous and like I just wanted to run out of the room and throw up and I'd go, Just think about in like three hours from now, what are you going to be doing? 
You know, what are you going to be doing in three hours from now? Oh, yeah, you're going to be like cruising along and talking to some friends and laughing about, oh, my God, I was so stressed out about that. Wasn't that bad? Know that it's going to pass. And on the other side of it, what do I want my life to look like? And then set your intention based on where you are in the moment. Mm, That is so good. That's actually going to be really helpful for me with a lack to hide and I, you know what I'm like with lives and being seen and all of that stuff. And it's like, okay, but what's on the other side of that? It's actually not so bad. So thanks for that. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is too, if we, you know, if we knew what was coming, because we don't do it because we anticipate what's coming and we only anticipate what's coming based on our past experience. So yeah, so we're in that, when we're in that state of anxiety about what's coming, It's because we're anticipating the outcome based on past experience. Well, past experience is entirely irrelevant. It's got nothing to do with anything because I'm not that person that I was even before we got on the call. So what happened back then has got nothing to do with my experience of right here and now yet we default to the past experience and all of the belief systems and stories we've got set up around that, which generally are about our defectiveness, our faultiness, our dysfunction, and we make choices from there in the present moment. We determine our path from there in the present moment. But, you know, I had it come up and smack me in the face uh, a couple of weeks ago. My sister-in-law sent me a, um, a journal from a conference that I put on in 2013. Unbeknownst to her, she sent it to me on the day that the conference started in 2013, seven years later. Oh, wow. photo of a journal that she had found in one of her clients' cupboards as she was cleaning out their cupboards. She's a carer. So... We're in totally different states now and she unearths this thing that symbolises this conference that I put on, which was a not-for-profit that I ran and I ran that not-for-profit into the ground and we ended up losing everything based on me doing that. And it was so interesting because it told me a couple of things. First of all, it told me, look at the impact we have. That person had kept that journal. And it was interesting because a couple of years earlier, I had someone else send me the prospectus. Look what I found. I loved this conference. It changed my life. And I think we don't know what impact we're depriving people of when we are defaulting to our past perceptions of who we are and living from that. Mm, So potent. Whereas, you know, I also looked at it and went, wow, because I realized that whole fear of, oh my God, am I going to fail again? Am I going to, you know, we're going to lose everything again. We've just bought another house. You know, we've just done all of these things. Am I going to lose all of that again? Because here I am now creating something else, right? That felt right. That felt good. But those feelings come up to be transmuted though. Like it's so, it couldn't be more perfect. Yeah. And it's, it's not even a consideration. Yeah. It's like, wow, I look at that now, that, that representation of that experience. And I think about that experience from the transformative, you know, opportunity that it was for me and for all of the people involved. Yeah. And you forget that sometimes. That's another thing I noticed. We don't acknowledge ourselves and the impact that we can actually have because we're too busy stuck in those little default emotions and things and triggers that we give ourselves it's almost like we're so busy in internalizing it all that we don't actually look out and see what the impact is that we're having absolutely or even just look at and i love that you say that you know internalizing it and not looking out of ourselves and we don't often what happens is we end up in our head and our heart so we end up stuck in a loop of the emotion and the thought you know so it's the emotion and the thought attack the unconscious thought generally we don't know that we're stuck in the loop we're not consciously walking around going oh i think i'm stuck in a loop <laughs> but we have something triggers in us Someone says something, something happens, something triggers, and we have an unconscious thought associated with that, generally about not being good enough. And then we feel that, and then it just keeps going. And now we know that the mind, the function of the mind is the brain, the heart, and the gut. It's not just the brain. It's not just the heart or the brain and the heart. It's the gut too. 
And there's a reason that we have this channel, this energetic flow between all three, right? And that's to stand in our power and our truth. And when we're kind of flipping into the emotions and the thoughts of who I was back there, we're missing that connection, that groundedness to who I am right now. I'm connected and I'm rooted in, that's why it's called the root chakra. I'm rooted into the spirit self and the human self. And that is how I make up my mind. That is where I choose from, respond from, react from, and make up my mind that way in that power, not based on I'm flipping between my head and my heart and I'm believing all the thoughts and emotions and I'm choosing and reacting from there because it's only part of the story. And so how do we get ourselves out of that loop if we don't even know that we're doing it? Although some of us do know because it does come up. You know, it does slap us in the face every now and then. Sometimes it's like a freaking bulldozer if we're not seeing the messages. But how do we help ourselves? Absolutely. So the first thing is always awareness, right? We always want to be aware. And I tell people you you don't want to be aware as in I think one of the things that happens in particularly in spiritual seeking, I'm going to call it, is we start to see it like a job right? It's like, oh, this is coming out for me. I've got to work that out. I'm going to go see my shaman. I'm going to go talk to my coach. I'm going to go like, I'm going to Google that, right? There was a symbol. I'm going to, right? And we just, and we want to work it all out. We want to know. Oh God, that is so me. Yeah. I just saw a bird. I'm going to look up that bird. That bird has a message for me. I'm going to Google it right now while it's sitting in front of me. Yeah. Oh, it's gone. (laughs) Yeah. We've all been guilty of it, which is why I always laugh about it, right? Because I think it's just one of those things that we do when we get on that journey and we're still very much in the ego, right? We're in the ego of it, the human experience of it. So it's being aware from a state of curious observation. It's it's like going back to the child, back to that childlike state of, wow, wow. Yeah, I was sharing with someone, I remember one Christmas, I love surprises, And this is one of the things I love about what I do because, sorry about that, my phone is vibrating. This is one of the things I love about what I do because it's the surprise of of what happens. You know, when I work with people, when, when even as I wrote Star, you know, I wrote Star and now I take people through that journey and I go, oh, that's powerful. You know, I get get these little surprises and, oh, that works well there. Every time I do it, there's a new surprise. And I love that, right? It keeps things interesting. It keeps us engaged. It keeps us curious, wanting more, wanting to learn, wanting to grow, right? This is what drives kids and compels kids and their imagination. And our imagination is what connects us in to that higher self and that higher consciousness. So, you know, it's really about embodying that childlike innocence that childlike wonder the christmas that i was sharing you know one christmas i remember i went looking for the presents right and sure enough i found them and instead of just kind of being content with that i had a bit of time up my sleeve so i examined pretty much all of them right so then on christmas day I realized that this need to know had actually robbed me of the joy of the experience I thought I needed to know. I thought I needed to control it. I thought that is what I wanted, but I didn't. I wanted the surprise. I wanted the joy of that. You know, it wasn't the presence. It was the experience, the joy, the surprise. Because that, like, I think we've all done that. We've all as kids gone and looked for our presence. And I was only thinking about it the other day. So it's no surprise you've brought this exact example up. And I was thinking how disappointed I actually was. There was no surprise. There was no joy. As much as I loved the present, it was that's not what it was about. And it just made so much sense. And I used to beat myself up all my life. I felt like I was too young and naive almost. Even when I was, God, 38, I felt young and naive inside. Kind of relatable. Yeah. I was the baby of the family by eight years. So yeah. Yeah. So I thought I don't know enough. Like everything was not enoughness in that naivety for me. You know, some people feel young and joyful and playful and life's just full of joy and fun. For me, it was just that, oh, I don't know anything. There's the, the not enoughness. Everyone else knows so much more. And I felt like I was a brand new soul to this planet and I just didn't know anything. And then 
something, I don't even know a defining moment. Usually people have this defining moment. I don't even know what it was, but all of a sudden I, I was switched to going, oh, the young people know it all. Like, look at the generation being born now. I don't know a fucking thing. These guys are on fire. And I sat there going, when did that happen and how? Like, it's crazy. Yeah. And it's just the reality will mirror the belief. So the not enoughness is going to be reflected in whatever way, right? So when we're at school, the not enoughness is, you know, as we were talking about before, you're too full of yourself, blah, blah, blah. You have that sort of beaten into you. You're not enough, but you think you are. You know, you get tickets on yourself. And then, you know, you get older and the not enoughness becomes about the jobs and the partners and the relationships. And then, you know, you get older still and the not enoughness becomes about the next generation who know more than me. So we just kind of replace the context, but the story is always there. It's always the same. And that's being aware and it's, and it's not going, oh my God, you know, oh, why do you keep doing that to yourself and trying to deconstruct it and go, oh, I'm going to work out, you know, where that comes from. I mean, look, the work we do gets to the point of origin so that you kind of pull it out as the proverbial weed from the roots. You don't leave that shit behind to keep growing back, which is unfortunately what a lot of, uh, things do very well intention, but the point of origin can even be hidden and generally is hidden from the person until they go through a certain process of uncovering and feeling safe enough to uncover. This is the thing. This is why we need to meet ourselves where we're at. We need to recognize what our personal boundaries are in terms of what do I feel safe to explore, to understand about myself, to acknowledge about myself. And it's okay. People need to realize it's okay, first of all, to feel all of the feels around that. You don't have to feel ashamed of feeling those things. If, you know, things happen to you as a child, then you can feel angry about those things. Again, we have all this fluff in the spiritual community about you have to forgive people in order to truly heal. I call bullshit. You know, you have to work through that's an onion and you're forever peeling away layers to a degree, but constantly peeling away those layers and crying your guts out every single time and it feeling like total pain and overwhelm, no, right? doesn't need to be that process, but we need to really recognize the journey we're on. And if we're doing this incrementally, we need to honor that. We need to honor ourselves in that space. And that's why I say, be the curious observer. Don't default into the inner critic in a judge because she's waiting there like oh do you sense that something's wrong with you yes it is part of that human experience isn't it absolutely and it just takes i love that you bring that up as well because yes sometimes we need to feel the feels to kind of heal them and i i love that but i also know because i'm one of those people that wants to get shit done right now like it doesn't have to be a long process i want it i want it now let's just get it done and that's totally possible as well. Absolutely. I shifted my perspective of being young and naive and not knowing a fucking thing to, holy shit, I can feel young at any age. That's just a belief that I choose to have now. Absolutely. And life has become full of joy and wonder and play. Just a exactly. total shift from just looking at it a different way. And it didn't take years of healing or peeling back the layers of anything. It was just, fuck it. Um, I, it was just a realization that came through in a meditation one day and I came out of it going, oh, life is fucking awesome. Perfect. Even the, even the hard parts. Perfect, right? And that's exactly what it's about. It's just about connecting in with that, those moments, right? It doesn't have to look like anything, you know? So even when we talk about, or when I respond to what can we do? Well, really it's just that, right? Just being open to seeing things differently, to experiencing things differently, to being in your body differently, to being in your experience differently and allowing that to look however it needs to look without making sense of it without putting any expectations on it, just allowing it to unfold the way that you did. And it's that easy. It can be. It can be. Absolutely. Yes. And I always set the intention because intention is just, I've realized how important that actually is as well. So I always set 
an intention and will actually declare it. It's not even an intention. It just is, it fucking is. Yeah. That um, my integration is going to be fast and with ease. It doesn't have to be a long integration process either. I just go, no, integration is going to be quick and full of ease and grace. Absolutely. I love that. It's perfect, right? And why wouldn't you set that intention, right? We, we have this perspective and this idea that it has to all be about the suffer and the struggle. You know, the more I suffer and struggle, the more worthy I am of the good life at the end of the suffering and struggling. And I'm like, well, how does that balance out? Where is the end? Like, when do you define that sufficient suffering and struggle? And now I can enjoy myself. It doesn't make sense. But again, this is something we allude to a lot and we talk about a lot. And I think I love that you, you embody that and you go, well, I choose to know that it's this way for me. And exactly, like make the choice and then watch the unfolding. It, it's really about that. And again, make that choice from where you're at and, and where you want to be. It's always where you're at and where I want to be. And what you know is right for you and safe for you, feels good for you in between the steps that you're taking. And as long as those steps feel right for you and good for you and congruent for you, then doesn't matter what anybody else thinks and doesn't even matter what you think. Yeah. If it looks different to how it was meant to look, that's okay too. Oh, so much so. And talk to me about the storytelling alchemy. Talk to me about more of that process because it just fascinates me so much. Yeah, boy, where to start? Um, <laughs> I've just I've sort of been living and breathing this now, yeah, for for quite a while. So I guess, you know, the journey of creating this for me started in my 20s, which I was completely unaware of, of course, hindsight. But I, uh, back then, I started apprenticing with a Druid priestess and uh, very quickly learned the art of guided visual meditation. I kind of thought of it just as, you know, this innocuous meditation that I was doing with people, like, yeah, I'm just guiding people on a journey. Uh, however, I very quickly started downloading rhyming journeys like they would be 20 to 30 pages of rhyme uh, and meditations that I would take people on so very intentional I never really knew what the intention was I just enjoyed creating them and then I would share them and people would be like whoa so I had people who were just like this is really powerful what I discovered and this is one of the things that I've always done and again I had my stories of not enoughness and all the rest of it that got in the way of me bringing and creating birthing this for for the collective but uh, well didn't really get in the way it came at the perfect time of course but things that you know I would step back from my calling because I would you know oh no I can't do that that's that's the path of failure and all that sort of thing so you know I applied these things and and I realized I worked out, I was shown and, and gifted this information that the rhyming, it sets up a rhythm in people. It kind of sets them up in their own natural state of flow. And so unbeknownst to me, I was sort of activating their energetic channel and flow when I set them off on this journey, uh, which is why they would have such profound experiences. It wasn't just your standard, take a deep breath. And now you're relaxed. Um, I would turn, you know, people into dragons and trees and fairy folk and do all sorts of stuff with them and really engage them at that childlike level. So it was a bit of a gift back then. And then, of course, I wandered off my path and onto the Which path is of also most resistance. Perfect. Right, yeah. Became a writer, funnily enough, a storyteller uh, for 17 years and freelance. Which is hilarious that you think that's off your path because it's never really off your path, right? <laughs> kind of like veered this way. I just took some, you know, little detours and scenic. But I mean, if you didn't do that, perfect. you wouldn't have ended up where you are now to create what you've created from the perspective that you have. Absolutely. You needed those little adventures along the way. Absolutely. And this is the beauty of the calling, you know, this is the beauty of, because then when we recognize that we don't live in all of that regret and all of the heaviness, the guilt, the shame, the self-blame, it's like, oh, you know, yep. <laughs> it's like that happened because it needed to. And we see that very clearly. It's part of the awareness. So 
fast forward and I ended up in my own sort of journey with PTSD. Um, very long story short, I was on the brink of a disability pension with fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, PTSD, caring for my partner with long-term PTSD, my three kids on the spectrum, homeschooling. And yeah, I thought I'll just get a disability pension and stuff it. Like it's too hard. Life's too hard. I'm checking out. Yep. Thankfully, I went to a woman, an integrative GP for a diagnosis, and she basically said, well, you've got PTSD and yes, you could check out, but there's this other option. Um, you can actually heal from this. And I was like, <laughs> first of all, I'd normalized all my stuff. And so, you know, the concept of me having PTSD felt very overdramatic, you know, in my suffering victim mind. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I will suffer, but that is overdramatic. And so I ended up going and uh, doing this process that completely changed my entire life in one session, a trauma resolution process, and then decided that I had to learn it because if it was possible to create this profound change from where I had been, it was like I got my second chance at life. Yeah. And I was like, right, got to do something with this. I'm going to like learn this modality and give other people their second chance. So I took myself off and did that. Fast forward a few years later after I'd been practicing and just loving my work and the wheels sort of fell off just in the community itself. And again, part of my story, right, of enoughness, I'd built up this person who created this modality on their pedestal and worshipped and all the rest of it. And then all of a sudden, you know, the fall was mighty and everything around me crumbled. And I was like, right, I have to redesign everything that I thought I was working for. Yeah, because you've always been someone, like we met in a business course and you were always the one that, from my perspective, you had it all together, you had a massive following, you had clients coming out of your ears, like it was all just working so well for you and that was in that phase. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, it actually got to the point where I couldn't even practice this particular process without feeling just completely not congruent. Like it just, it just didn't even feel right. And I ended up just energetically pushing away all clients, everything. And I went totally inward because I knew that I had to work through this. It brought up so much of my old stuff, even though I'd done so much work, it brought up so much of my old stuff that I just, it just slapped me in the face. And I went, oh my God, you know, I'm still carrying these things that are stopping me from truly stepping into my calling. Like I'm still getting in my own way because of the putting people up on pedestals and the interesting you said about you're not enoughness being attached to that. I'm too young and naive, right? Mine was always that. And I couldn't assume power because I was the baby of the family and I wasn't allowed to step on toes or rock the boat. You know, I had to sort of try and keep my very dysfunctional family kind of grounded in some way in order to feel safe. So I had to really go and inward and go, right, well, you've been avoiding this. And at this, around the same time, I had this client reach out to me and say, do you know anywhere I can learn to do some energy work? And energy work was one of my specialties in my 20s. And I kind of looked around and I thought nothing really resonated with me. And I realized now it was because I wasn't meant to be looking for other things. And, you know, that was one of my defaults. Oh, I'll go over here and learn this and then I'll know enough to create something or to work with someone. You know, I'll go over here and learn this. It was really interesting because I did a cacao ceremony with one of my beautiful friends and one of the people who's helping me to create Star and... I said to her, you know, we're talking about the messages. I'm like, oh, I was told very clearly that everything I need to create what I'm creating now, I've got, right? And then I think a week later, I messaged her and I'm like, I found this amazing modality that I'm thinking of learning. <laughs> and she was just like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, we're so what? similar in that sense. Always like, looking for the next thing. Yeah, I'm sorry. Weren't you clearly told that you have everything you need? Just like get out of your own way and do it. I'm like, yeah, but this is blah, blah, blah. You know, and I started justifying because I'd stepped into that story. This is um, coming from a woman, by the way, who I shared cacao with in Melbourne a, a couple of years ago now. And I loved cacao, I was reasonably new with it. 
but I remember handing you the mug and boom, instantly you had visions of you were basically there talking with the cacao gods and the ancient ancestors. And I'm just going, who is this woman? Like, I love cacao, but Jesus, I don't see that shit. Yeah, you are so powerful in yourself with what you yeah. need to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing and always have been. You know, the calling has always tugged at my soul. And and I've had a lot of people say, you know, one of the things I admire most about you is you're just so courageous. You know, you just jump into things and you just throw yourself at things. And I'm like, yeah, but underlying it was always you know, part of the reason I was doing that even was the not enoughness, right? The proving my worth, the validation. You know, often we do the thing opposite to who we are because of who, you know, who we believe ourselves to be. So, um, yeah, you know, there, there was a lot of that. And um, after working through it all and then recognising this push, this push from this one person kind of reaching out and going, well, and me going, well, let me see what I can come up with. You know, sat down to write sort of a 10-day, here's your basics programming, uh, program of, you know, energy work and end up, you know, with this incredible, entirely new, and I can say it from my heart and soul, you know, new groundbreaking leading edge modality that is just the most incredible science, human meet spiritual experience just embodies everything I've been learning embodies everything I've experienced and yeah is truly just a magical journey um not only are we we working through the release of people you know to see people go back and rescue the the foundational sort of I, I guess principle of star is we become the hero of our own story right? So this is where the alchemy comes in. We transmute the powerlessness, the fear, all of those emotions, heavy, dense emotions that have been sitting around that part of us who experienced that past story, that past wound into power, into potential, into recognizing our strength and resilience and all of the amazing qualities and values and understanding awareness that came from those experiences. So we step a person from that scared child, you know, they go back and rescue that scared little girl stuck in that story and become the hero, become the empowered protector. They're no longer the victim. And to see people step out of that state is just incredible. And it's very much aligned with the work that I was doing in trauma, but now we take it one step further. You know, we were working with the unconscious. Now I work as well with super conscious. So we're actually switching on and activating all levels of consciousness. And it's like the person rebirths into their own divine soul's code. So we take away all of the programming, all of the layers, all of the beliefs, the stories, the charge of it. Which is perfect that it's come through at this time. So perfect. Oh, absolutely. My, you know, my time of rebirth, this massive rebirthing thing comes through and the world's time of rebirth is time of, you know, this massive thing comes through and literally it has, it has come through in that way. You know, I was saying to you, I think before we started, every time I take someone on this journey, I discover something new. It's, I wrote it. Yes, I was there typing away and refining and refining and, you know, all of that. But yeah, it's like I learn something new every time. I see something new every time, a new aspect that just the genius of it is amazing. And I know some people would hear that and it might even trigger in them that whole like, oh, my God, genius, what do you mean? Like, you know, that's ego. But really it's not when we can acknowledge the genius as this beautiful gift that we are here to give, to be of service to others, not just about ourselves. Oh, so much. It's ego that actually gives people those labels. It takes us back to that schoolyard that we were talking about. Like how hilarious is it that we used to say to people, oh, she fucking loves herself. Now I tell my daughters, you love yourself. <laughs> I'm teaching my children to love themselves, whereas we were told not to growing up and Absolutely. shamed for it. Yes, that's vain, that's vanity, that's shameful. Yeah, no wonder like, it took our generation so long 
to get back to where we truly needed to be. Absolutely. And that's, you know, another aspect of STAR and the beauty of it. We've got a STAR youth ambassador who's a teacher and educator from New Jersey whose heart and soul is all about helping this next generation of kids come come through to express who they really are, truly are. And again, I've been just gifted so much information about these souls that are coming onto the planet right now and the fact that they are here to help us move above the heavy, dense suffering and struggling, those stories we've been sitting in to ascend from that place, you know, and it's one of the reasons they're struggling so much with being dragged down into that space because that's not where they're meant to be. And so, you know, part of what we're doing with this is uh, really to to help that generation dig in and say, no, you know, we are here to express the glorious truth of who we are in, you know, all aspects. And yes, it might be messy for you. And yes, it might be chaotic for you because it challenges your perceptions and beliefs and paradigms. But guess what? You know, those paradigms and beliefs, they need challenging. And we want to make sure that these kids aren't dragged backwards into that cycle time and time again, which is what's been happening and what happened to our generation, right? We got dragged into the the bloody ancestral BS of our parents and their parents and it's just the way it works, not because anyone's a bad person, just because that's, you know, what we've been doing for so long. We're just used to it. I say to people since Jesus was a boy, like literally. Um, so, yeah, I think... Um, it's really, we're just at such an exciting point for humanity. We're at this pivotal point now, you know, and I feel like this has come through and it's something I can't stand in the way of anymore. So, you know, I'm quite happy to shout it from the rooftops and say this is people's second chance at life because that's what we are being given right now as a collective. Oh, so much. And I love that you have that storytelling element to it because obviously I'm a writer too, but I love to journal as much as I have sought outside help a lot because, you know, to fix the brokenness that I was. And I've done so much of that and course after course, and I need to do this and I need to do that. But the one thing I've always come back to is journaling. And this year, gotta love 2020, the revelations that my pen, and it doesn't matter which pen it is, because it's through my hand, is fucking magical. Absolutely. And I write my own future into reality and it's like, holy shit. When that got downloaded to me, I'm going, yeah, right. And then I just played again the play and the joy, right? Yeah. And the more I play with it, the more I am blown away about how incredible this time in humanity really is. And that the manifesting is so much faster. And I don't mean just manifesting as in I, I need a new car. I just mean. Oh. Although that's been pretty good too, I have to say. But just beyond that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's it. You know, manifesting in a way that is in alignment to our why we are here. And we are all here to be of service. Ultimately, we are all here to be of service. It doesn't matter how big, small, otherwise we perceive that service to look because that's all it is, is a perception. We all have our own unique gift to bring to this world and share with this world. There's a beautiful book called The Soul's Code by James Hillman. He's actually a, uh, he's passed now, but he was a psychologist, PhD psychologist. And he talks about this, how psychology largely ignores what it, portends to talk about, which is the psyche, psychology, the study of the psyche. The psyche is the soul's code. It is that unique blueprint that makes you, you, that makes me, me. No one else can replicate Sally. No one else can replicate Bron. We are unique and we know that and we feel that. But at the same time, we have this overarching thing called psychology in our culture and society that tries to explain away the very thing that it can't even understand, it can't make sense of. And because we're trying to make sense of something that it's not tangible in our reality. It's not, you can't touch it, taste it, see it, smell it. It is there very much so just as much as you are in this human form. And it is that divinity that you connect with when you come through. We talk about being a human, having a spiritual experience, 
But what does that really mean, right? It means this experience of the creative divinity that comes through with us, the the God consciousness that wants us to make our heaven here on earth and have fun and play and enjoy all of the amazing, touching, tasting, smelling. That's the whole point. That's all the divinity wants. It's not judging us and telling us that we need to suffer in order to be worthy of that joy. I suffer. I I hated church for that very reason. The minute I heard someone say, you need to suffer for your sins, I was, I checked out of there. Yeah. Because it's just not, it's not true. It's not the fundamental truth. And the fundamental truth is divinity, God consciousness, source, universe, call it what you will, that we have within us is it doesn't have any judgment. It doesn't have any gender. It doesn't have any race. It doesn't have any agenda. It just is and it just wants to create. That's it. And, you know, when we can allow that to come through and it comes through from that place of childlike wonder, I mean, we should be like emulating children for retraining us so much and just to realize too that polarity exists for a reason how can we know absolute bliss and joy if we haven't felt the opposite of that absolutely Absolutely. it's not there as a punishment no it's not there as a punishment certainly not there as something we're meant to sit in for all of eternity while we wait for the good stuff to come it's meant to just be you know the oh hang on a minute that might not be in alignment because it doesn't feel quite as good back over here you know it's a barometer it's a guidance system but yeah we've we've got very off track with that and our guidance system has sort of got stuck on this one you know it's like we've all been going south into suffering forever and no one's looking at the other direction at all you know it's like wrong way go back so yeah we we you know when we're open to that and open to listening to ourselves and really hearing ourselves and again from that beautiful compassionate place rather than from a place of judgment makes a huge, huge difference. Oh, self-compassion is what I'm embodying this year so much because I had that comparison. Even when we had that cacao and you were seeing all this magical stuff, I'm going, oh, why, why can't I see that? It went into comparison with others and it, because that's not what my gifts are on this earth. That's not what I'm here for. Yeah, and your experience is your experience. This is the thing, like comparing ourselves is just, it's so... Again, it's just one of these misleading uh, ways that we're conditioned. You know, we're fearful that if we're not keeping up with everybody, because that's how we're entrained, right? We're entrained to think that you have to keep up with everyone. You know, there's this sort of standard that you have to meet at each point along the way. And if you're not there, then there's something wrong with you. And I realized too, through that experience, that what my gift in that moment was, was to share that with you. Absolutely. I think that was your very first cup of cacao I think I jokingly said to you and you probably thought I was just joking but I was like you know I say things jesting but I'm actually I say a lot of things jesting but um (laughs) I think I said to you because that's part of how I enjoy the journey but I think I said oh thank thanks for bringing that along for me because I really wanted to try and then you pulled out the actual cacao and it was the one that I had open in a tab because I was going to buy that particularly so like for you it's a different experience for me it's this is my experience of how I embody it, right? And yeah, like I think that's the way. I mean, you can see then that when we're just embodying our experience and not going, well, mine's not this and mine's not that, or maybe I won't do that. Like, do, do you know what I mean? If you had have gone, oh, maybe I won't share cacao with somebody again because what if that happens again and I don't, I feel that not enoughness, so oh, I'll pull back then you're potentially starving somebody else of that experience as well as yourself. Oh, I got to play such a beautiful role in the next phase for you. And I'm so grateful for that. Like I've watched oh, yeah. it unfold since going, holy fucking shit. Look what I just did. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like it's, this is the thing we, we need to be aware that our journey is just perfect. Like, I mean, it sounds like such a cliche, but it's true, right? It's the unfolding is exactly as it's meant to be. And we're just meant to be present and open for that unfolding purely so can so we can receive and therefore have more to give, right? It's just this constant perpetual sort of cycle of the give and receive. And 
when we are aligned with that instead of going, oh, well, is what I've got to give as good as that per- that person has to give or what if what I've got to give doesn't look right or what if they think that's stupid or that's the human self that is trying to keep us safe. That's all it comes down to is safety. That's yeah. all we really want is to feel safe. The ego's job is to try to keep us safe, right? That's like the human survival. So as soon as I feel a little bit unstable, particularly around change, oh, there's change coming, oh, this feels a little uncertain, unstable, the ego, the self-conscious immediately defaults to, oh, I need to, it's like trying to calibrate to the current reality. And in trying to calibrate, the only thing it has to grasp onto and anchor is past stuff. So it will naturally default to the unconscious then to seek out the past beliefs, to affirm the solid ground. Oh yes, the solid ground is I'm not good enough. That's right. Okay, good, good. I know where I stand now. And we back away and we, that's the comfort zone. And then we deprive ourselves and potentially how many other people of the beautiful gift that we were meant to share in that moment rather than stepping back from it, from that fear. Yeah, it's everything. That's what I see now. Everything is a gift or an opportunity of some sort. And then six months later, you watch how it's unfolded and it's like, oh gosh, that's even better now, now that I've seen all that unfold. There's something that it's a little bit off track, but something that I've been really wanting to ask you, because from my perspective, you seem to create with such ease and have it all together, which I know no one does. But you have, you're a mother of kids on the spectrum. Your husband was an ambo, so experienced his own trauma and his own PTSD and all sorts of things. You've shifted into state. There's been so much going on in your life, yet you seem to find the time and the space. And I think, did you tell me once that you had Asperger's as well? Yeah. And I don't want, I didn't even want to bring that up because then it's just another label, which you've clearly turned into a gift rather than labeling yourself with something and using it as an excuse. But you've got all of this stuff going on, yet you seem to find time to really make your dreams a reality and pour the time into STAR and to serving your community and to doing all the things you need to do. How do you schedule all that into your magical life? It's a really good question. Um, I guess I never, it's not something I, particularly now, I think, like I, I shared my experience before, obviously, when I was doing work that wasn't really aligned and I hadn't done my own deeper healing, I did struggle. You know, I struggled. The juggle was real. You know, the struggle was real. It was literally always a struggle, like just getting out of bed every day. And I was also chronically ill at that point. You know, I would end up in bed for weeks on end. Someone would have a sniffle and I would have full-blown man flu uh, for weeks. So that was kind of part of where my body was in that trauma. So there was definitely a time where I didn't cope with that. And I think it was because I just wasn't, I wasn't in alignment. I was still very much stuck in my old stories there was so much energy that went into being the victim of those stories. It takes a lot of energy to be there. It's exhausting. And again, I say that with complete compassion for anyone who's experiencing that because I totally get it. And I think now I really, I said today to somebody else, I just feel like what I do is something I live, breathe, eat, like it is who I am. There's really no there's the night and there's the day. It's not a switch that I flick on and off. It's just how I walk through the world. So often I just carve time out. Like often I'll just have a download and I'll be right. Like I just need to dedicate myself to putting this down. And sometimes that means things like my 10 year old doesn't get to bed for another half hour or something happens, but we are very fortunate the way that our life is set up to have that degree of flexibility and I know that not everybody does so that we can work around a lot of things that are going on because as much as they're working around my things I'm also sort of trying to adapt and work around their growth into their things and to facilitate that journey for them so Really, I think it's been a case of, again, stepping out of some of the old structures and paradigms of how things should look. You know, oh, this should look that way. Homeschooling should look that way. Parenting should look that way. Blah, 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 blah. 
and establishing what works for us and the journey that we're all on together. So it's we've had to challenge a lot of paradigms and beliefs about what this should be and what that should be. So that in itself was one of the things that brought up, and it does, like I'm human still, right? So you still have moments where you're like, oh, crap, you know, I said I'd be here for an hour and it was two hours later. And there's still all of those very human moments in it. But ultimately, when I am creating, when I am in that space, I am, I know I am giving my best self to me, to my family, to the people I serve. So I've learned not to question it. I've learned to let the flow happen when the flow wants to happen. And, and there are ways and means too, like you adapt, you know, there's so much awesome technology now. Often I'll just be out somewhere and I'll be like, oh, and I hit record, you know, on my phone or something and just sort of let it come out. So yeah, I guess, I don't know. I don't necessarily have an answer as to how it just kind of happens. And I, again, I guess this is, I, I, I've got to this point in my life where I don't need to question the how. It's more so, am I living that why? You're the full embodiment. That's, that's from what I'm looking at just now going, because I hear that word a lot lately in particular, embodiment. Embo- well, I want a trip to embodiment retreats. So of course, it's coming up. But when you're the full embodiment of what you're teaching and preaching and living and breathing it, of course, it's flow. You're in integrity. Yeah. And I feel like, again, that's something that's unique to everyone. So, you know, it would kind of be like me. I feel like I'd be scamming people if I was like, here, I've got this strategy as to how you can get yourself all organized and be doing all of these things and make it look so effortless, right? Like, Seriously, I wish you had one because structure has never been my strong point. Trust me, I don't, right? And (laughs) it's never been mine. And half the time, which is ironic because a lot of people like us, virgins like structures, defaulting to the labels. No, (laughs) not all of us. And it's interesting because, again, I think we all have this just natural capacity for success. And whatever that looks like for us is the flow that we step into, you know. And for some people, that is going to look like immaculate structure every little second planned for, you know, I've tried that a few times. And again, that was just me setting myself up for failure. So (laughs) my daughter is very much like that. And she chose a mother that was the complete opposite. Mm -hmm. And my mother was very structured, like dinner at six, bed at seven, like everything was just, oh, my whole life was planned to the second and it drove me nuts. So I rebelled against it. And now I have a daughter that loves it. But um, I'm now having to, you know, work out a structure for my little boy because children need set bedtimes. They need this, they need that. And I'm going, but does he? Like I'm questioning it because I don't like it. And I'm getting told all these things and what I should be doing. And it's like, oh, my gosh, it's, it's, I'm really struggling with it. All the well-meaning people in life, yes. Um, and look, you know, ultimately I say to people, nobody knows what's best for you apart from you. And half the time we don't even know what's best for us because we're too busy second-guessing it, um, like you were just talking about. So here's the thing. You very clearly told me just before you talked about your son needing structure and I'm second-guessing that, you very clearly told me I've got a daughter who needs structure. And do, do you know what I mean? So you know, like you know your kids and you are present with your kids enough to know and to understand them. So you, if you allow that just being present, he will naturally show you and you will be present enough to see what he is telling you he wants and needs. And then that's how we sort of work around it. And I guess that's probably the best advice I could give in terms of how I work. Like, trying to be present for myself, for the service that I give and for my family in every moment, trying to make sure I'm as present I can possi- as I can possibly be so that when I, they are telling me something, communicating something with me about a need, I can go, okay, yes, I'm hearing you. Um, and it's the same for us. You know, I think when, I think we try and run away from ourselves, the little girl in us, you know, she's wounded, she's in pain, we want to run away from her. We're like, no, I'll lock you in a cupboard and then run as far as I can. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to deal with you, right? And we do this deeper inner child work with Star. And so I think 
we spend a lot of our time running from presence. You know, we don't want to be present with ourselves, and therefore we neglect being present with other people because we're just defaulting without even being aware of it into running away from this present moment. You know, we're either going back looking for our deficiency, why are we going to get it wrong in this present moment? Oh, whatever choice I make here for my child, I'm going to stuff it up. And then I'll live in guilt and shame or projecting yeah. forward, you know, into the guilt and shame. I'll look 10 years ahead and they're a drug addict and I've stuffed it up, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> whatever it might be, we're not present. So I think when we learn to be present with ourselves, and again, that comes with that curious observation, compassionate awareness, meeting ourselves where we're at, drawing more and more into the presence of self, then we can be present with other people and that just in that presence is how we can direct our life. We don't have to have all of the answers and we never will. We're always going to stuff up. We're always going to like do things that, you know, our kids will be like, I need therapy because of you. You know, <laughs> I just say to mine now, you chose me. I tell mine, I'll pay for your therapy. <laughs> you know? So, and that's true, right? We all choose the journey. We all choose who we take it with. Yeah, and that's that's the beautiful part of it. And again, when we honor and acknowledge that for ourselves and don't have all of those regrets, then we can let our kids live their lives too and honor and acknowledge that they have their lives and we're not going to be able to protect them from everything and we're going to be the ones who cause some of their wounds and hey, that's okay. Acceptance of what is. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, what a beautiful note to finish on, Bron. Thank you so, so much for your time today. It's been way too long between chats. It's been such a pleasure. I know. It's been really nice. Thank you so much for having me on. I loved talking about this stuff and I love catching up with you and seeing what you're doing. And yeah, congratulations on all of your success. Oh, likewise for you, Bron. And I'm so looking forward to seeing where this is going for you. Thank you. Same. Thanks so much for listening. Please remember to subscribe, leave a rating or a review. It really does help get the word out and it helps to share the wisdom of my beautiful guests with more women. 